Off top, during the French Revolution, most of the people in France didn't even speak French. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show. Welcome to the Dominique Foxworth Show. Charlie Kravitz is on a roll with his off tops. Right. He served that one up there, too. The one last week was great. He is not on a roll with his health right now. He is not the lumber snack today. He tried to put on a plaid shirt to to trick me, but you ain't looking cute today. You're looking. I got a blanket on my lap like I'm FDR right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, joining us for this fireside chat is that giggle is the great Jason Golf, Chicago's finest. And I'm not even joking about Chicago's finest. Chicago ain't got nothing I, else I, to I, do. I got, I got an off-top stat <laughs> for you. And, and as we are recording here, okay, here Tuesday, go. getting ready for Bulls-Celtics tonight. I, don't know, I know all Bulls fans are. Uh, the Celtics in the month of November have 10 wins. In the month of November, the Bulls, Bears, and Blackhawks have eight so there you have it. Mm. That's what the winter and it's 16 degrees oh, outside. Gosh. So that's that's what we're looking forward to. Uh, can't wait till spring. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, hey, you know sorry, it, can, it can be a lot worse. I, I, can, sorry, I can live brother. in a city that, that wasn't as diverse, <sighs> wasn't as popular. You know, it, yeah. yeah, that's nice. You guys, you guys got a, got a, yeah, a green go. river at, at some point, right? That's something y'all do. That that's yeah. coming. That's coming. The green is coming. Uh, base, baseball's <laughs> happening eventually. Something. Don't don't uh, worry about it. We have a football team that changes its name every two years, and we have Jordan yeah, Pool. You're yeah. good. Well, all right. All right. Well, speaking of uh, dysfunction, disappointment. I guess that's where I come in. Huh? Disappointment. Hey, <laughs> yeah, we're happy to have. The king of Chicago in here to talk about the Bears and what they do next. Charlie, what you Okay, think, so we're taping this on Tuesday. We saw Monday Night Football last night. I, I guess our eyes are done bleeding right now. Um, and we know where this is headed. The Bears won the game, but the offense was a bunch of checkdowns. Fields, it seems like, assuming that the Bears uh, get the number one pick this offseason or a top, top pick this offseason from the Panthers, is going to be traded when they draft a quarterback. And rather than just digging in on, like, what should they do with Justin Fields, I think the more interesting conversation is, was there ever a world where this could have worked, where the Bears could have kept Justin Fields as their long-term solution at quarterback? If we're thinking of a world where there aren't cross-purposes and a bunch of different dynamics at play like there always is in these NFL front offices, then maybe, maybe, right? Like, you saw what Matt Nagy couldn't do with Mitchell Trubisky. You think to yourself, all right, you get another quarterback who's a little bit more mobile, got a better arms, got more tapes, you know, the development. We, we understood three, four years ago what the problem was and how you should go about curating that kind of talent. But from the moment that Justin Fields has entered this situation, we've been asking questions about who was going to coach him, what was around him, uh, what, 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 what his – his consistent level of play is like three years in, I'm sorry, 12 weeks into his third season. I don't still know if he has autonomy to audible out of things, right? Like we're, we're, we're talking about slide protections and Lewis Riddick is pointing it out uh, on Twitter and he, he's watching from the same vantage point that I am. So what is he seeing? And what are some of these other NFL types seeing that maybe 
Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus aren't seeing. Like we saw the the rollout for Tyson Bajent and you know, we heard the broadcast be extra Tyson Bajenty, right? And and then you think to yourself, wait a minute. Like someone tweeted to me, Minnesota goes into their meetings telling everyone that Josh Dobbs is the smartest man on earth and he's an astronaut and and he we love him and and we 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 couldn't wait to grab him up after Arizona discarded him. <laughs> and the Bears go into there's like, hey, but he ain't no Tyson Bajan. <laughs> he, he, he can't he, he holds the ball a little long he can't read a defense like so you know I, I i hate it because the what ifs in this city keep piling up time and time yeah. and time again and i'm sorry man all these guys can't come pre-bad at this position it has to be an organizational and institutional yeah. failure and i'm just glad my dvr recorded it on espn deportes last night shout out to rebecca Lander <laughs> and of course sergio dip john sutcliffe and the, and the gang like it made it that much more entertaining to watch 46 percent of justin fields <laughs> passes come at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage yesterday that's not nfl football y'all it's not uh-huh. and, it's not. It's not. He, um, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm trying my best to, and it's so like, tell I, me, I got Dominique, it. Like, you, you, no, no, I was looking forward to talking to you about <laughs> so, this. You tell me yeah. what you see that maybe the people who don't believe in Justin Fields aren't seeing because he gives you enough moments where you're like, ah, that's in a ball security or you got to hit that throw or that's a murder rock that you get in Darnell Mooney killed yeah. with. But then he, he, he does things where you're like, if, if that is what the prodigy or the pupil is, then maybe get the substitute teachers out the classroom. It reminds me somewhat of a lot of big arm quarterbacks in the back of the day that have the ability to do things that are so impressive that you believe in them going forward. So I'm trying to separate Justin Fields from uh, the coaching staff and the talent that surrounds him, which isn't as bad as it once was. Like, they've come around. uh, Defensively, they're much better. Obviously, they added a receiver uh, and DJ Moore, Go Terps, who's a a monster. Um, I will say that there's no argument for – or there is an argument on both sides of this, which I rarely True. say. But in this case, he holds on the ball too long. And I watch the games, and from the TV copy, I'm like, all right, nobody open. You give my man some answers. And then I turn on the All-22, and I'm like, hey, you got to take these multiple choices because the, the long answers at the end, you know, when you got to write your own paragraph, yeah. you can't those. So you better take these multiple choices and check it down. And maybe you'll get lucky. You got a 25% chance. Just go ahead and check it down. A through D. Check it down. Or make a throw into a window. That's there. The windows are there. And so I will say that Luke Getze is not doing enough to help him out. But he ain't doing enough to help out Luke or anybody else. And so the thing for him that the conclusion I've kind of come to, and the sad part is I just talked about this with on Mina's show. So if you listen to that already, you can skip, hit the 15-second skip because I'm going to say exactly Turn off Mina's show, come yeah, to ours. Yeah, yeah. No. And if you listen to both, you, there you we know, go. congratulations. Well, Mina's, Mina's going to be a guest. Now go ahead, Dominique. Yeah. 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 You, you, you're welcome. And yeah, also check too. out Jason Goff. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, everybody got a show. No, that's coming. Except for Charlie. Coming. Charlie just works yeah, with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the uh, – Quarterback development 
And if you listen to the show, you heard me talk about it a bunch of times. It's about taking pressure off the quarterback, not asking them to do too much. And that is what we see. The problem is, even with Josh Allen, is they ask him to do a little too much. But he developed. It took him some time, but he eventually developed. The thing with uh, Justin Fields that is concerning is I can't think of any quarterback that went to another location mm-hmm. after being highly um, drafted and went and had success. So, and the tough thing about it, he has not had a chance to develop. And so you want to take pressure off of your young quarterback so that he can focus on developing a little thing at a time. One little thing. One of the things that he needs to develop is staying in the pocket and making a decision. So if you are going to try to extend the play, more power to you. Do that on third down. I can't have you trying to make the home run because if you miss it and they happen to be able to bring your big, strong, fast down, the drive's over. It's fine to throw it in completion. It's, it's also fine to rifle a ball into a small window because it's really hard for the other team to catch it. It's like they're not going to be wide open and you can't back up and outrun everybody. And so that is the best defense I can have for Luke Getze. But then to Luke Getze, he got a bunch of big weapons. Use those. Like, use those weapons that he has and raise his trade value at this point because that's what you got to do and that's what you're going to do. So he has to have some trade value if Sam Darnold was traded for a second-round pick after his <laughs> right. time with the Jets. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. there has to be some, some value there for a high draft pick. I got a comparison Uh-oh. with you guys. Is he the Jeff Green of NFL quarterbacks? He just—he shows you just enough. He looks amazing in the jersey. One night, no. he's going to dunk on LeBron no. and have 30, <laughs> no. 34 and 8. And then he's going to have a month scoring seven points a game. And he's going to get 20 chances because every GM is going to go, ooh, it's so tempting. What if we get that every night? Is that the Justin Fields that we're going to see? You might see? have had the first name right. Like, first of all, the Jeff Green of quarterbacks don't get the Jeff Green chances. You know what I mean? The Jeff Green of quarterbacks usually usually yeah, find exactly themselves right. a clipboard or a headset to command. But look at Jeff George. And, and I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to do the whole yeah. attitude and demeanor thing because there's enough conversation yeah. around Jeff, Justin mm-hmm. Fields when it comes to that as is. And some of it is nasty work to me. But Jeff George always had the, the arm that was one of the sexiest in the league and put up numbers when he had talent around. Like, people forget, you know, there was a little Jeff George run there from Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, and then the Atlanta thing played there. Thanks, thanks yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying, though, right? <laughs> and, and, and you mentioned Josh Allen, Dominique. You know, what if, and maybe I'm just getting all the way on the other side of this now, but what if his Stephon Diggs is Ben Johnson? Like, what if his Stephon Diggs is a front mm-hmm. office that isn't cluttered with confusion, shall we say? Like, who's really making the moves and who's really making the the uh, the, the decisions? So don't don't get me wrong. If I have to blame somebody, <laughs> I'm blaming them. I'm not blaming Justin. I was going to ask that, but that yeah. doesn't change. That doesn't change well, that yeah. we're here. I think that it's going to like it's going to be very hard for Justin Fields to turn this into uh, a great Pro Bowl level career anywhere else. You look around the league; there aren't a lot of places that I think in Arizona. Yeah. Excuse me, Atlanta's the one that comes up most. Seattle, often. You look Seattle. at any other yeah. place. Yeah, and the same for the same reason why the the um, Bears are going to pass on him is he's getting close to the time where you're going to have mm-hmm. to pay him. 
And if he's your starting quarterback, you're going to pay him starting quarterback money. You can try to pull some Daniel Jones two years stuff, but at some point you're going to have to pay him some real quarterback money. So that's the point to me is I don't think he's not good enough, but I do think there's a chance that it's too late. And it's not because of him. So they failed him. And that's why I was flipping out uh, and got all, got of, enough Chicago, of, not all of Chicago, <laughs> but a portion of Chicago. I got a, a bunch of Chicago mad at me because he shouldn't have gone there because y'all didn't know what y'all was doing and you weren't ready to deal with him. And I, I'm concerned about they're actually a better position now to, to mm. deal with Caleb or Drake or whoever they end up with. They're a slightly better positioned, but that is all going to be determined by who is going to be coaching them. Because I think they have the assets and they have like with Sweat and with Jalen Johnson. That's two, two key pieces on defense. Add a couple more pieces, get a good coach. You're good there on offense. They, well, the tackle hasn't turned into quite as good as you wanted to be, but you got a true number one receiver and I think from there you get an offensive mind in there that can do something with that, a good quarterback, maybe another, another few weapons you hit in the second or third round or the third round, or uh, you trade stuff away or you wait till next year. I think they have something there that's, that could turn into something. And also if these guys, if any of these guys that are coming out of the draft are as special as we talking about, mm-hmm. they make up for everything. They make up for everything. We sometimes we forget that. There are every so often CJ Stroud roll up in here and a bad situation just got good. As a Bears fan at this point, I mean, we're all just rooting for laundry as is, right? And 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 I understand that. And Mm -hmm. and, you know, fans sometimes don't understand that. And athletes always understand it. 85 is a long time ago, right? I'm 43 years old. I I was five years old when the when the Bears won a Super Bowl. 98 was a long time ago for me as a Bulls fan. So I'm just looking for someone to not only entertain me, but win. Like, this is the third market in the country, man. This is this is a international city. And for too many years, the identity of this team has been Saturday Night Live skits nationally and losing and bad weather and the 85 Bears. I'm, I'm ready for this thing to look like other NFL teams look like. And for too long, that hasn't been the case. And it's because that position has been so poorly handled. Like, do I trust the talent evaluation? If you can't block it, you can't run it. So you can put anybody behind that thing. And if, if Nate Davis is missing games and if you're moving Tevin Jenkins from side to side, Cody Whitehair can't snap a ball. Like, these are the things that are happening around that position as well. So I hope they they find out if Drake May or Caleb Williams is the guy. And I hope Justin Fields goes on to have a good career elsewhere. But uh, until proven otherwise, you know, the, the results have not been in my favor as a Bears fan. Well, they they better hope that Caleb Williams or Drake May is the guy because right now the trade that they made looks like it's an all time all time great, great trade. trade. Getting DJ Moore, getting yeah. the picks, getting the what's going to be Caleb Williams or Drake May. But they didn't just pass on Bryce Young; they passed on CJ Stroud also, who I think, despite the Bears being the Bears, would probably be good anywhere. Yeah, no, he probably would be. He probably would be. And hey. You want to talk about winning and 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 not tanking because I have these conversations now on my pod all the time. Listen, I don't know if you've been watching the Houston Texans, but they got C.J. Stroud, they got a new defensive head coach, they got it. But Lovey Smith put something in them boys that they drawn off of right now. And if you don't yeah. believe in that, then all you're doing is not watching. Speaking yeah, my damn language, tank wins. That's- 
that stuff pisses me off. Like maybe it worked. You you gonna get Charlie upset because you gonna get me off on a tangent. But that draft well. matters. Like it Not matters. You drafting and high when, is cool, but drafting well yeah, is even better. It it especially matters when you have a big team and everyone is dependent. Like okay, basketball maybe it works because one guy can just be that damn good and you can turn over the roster quickly. Football it don't work. You can't just be. And think that Trevor oh, Lawrence got Evan Ingram. Like, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence got a whole bunch of things dropped on him, and he got a head coach out of there that wasn't ready to be an NFL head coach. Like I, I love the glamour boy position as much as anybody else does, and I know that you need that guy, right? But that guy is only allowed to be that guy if he's got pieces around him. And Justin Fields for a year and a half to two years was a part of a, re a rebuild and a stripped down, tear down, covered as bare rebuild. And then the evaluation process starts when he should just be taken off. Like this is the trajectory, the, 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 the timeline has been too far delayed. And now we're going to have to do it for another three or four years. So now you've got more losing ahead. Like nothing is promised. So put together a football team that is representative of, okay, that, that, that part could take a hit. This part could take a hit. You can have some deficiencies here. That quarterback position is great, but look at the Arizona Cardinals, right? Like if, if all you had to do was be bad at football to get good at football, then the Detroit Lions would have a <laughs> dynasty the size of the Patriots, if I'm yeah, not mistaken, I mean, or the Browns as well, or the Bears. It, I mean, the, the track record seems pretty obvious. The, the, the bad For teams kind of stay bad, and the other teams are, yeah. yeah like, but anyway, I, I feel Let's like Charlie it. was setting up a segue. Is that fair to say? That's exactly right. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Barnstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. It's time to talk about... Let's talk about an organization that's going to make you feel great, Jason, because that's the Panthers. That's the team that's giving you a number one pick. And we're Commanders fans. I'm a Commanders fan. You're, you're a Bears fan. I can't say Dominique's a Commanders fan. He's not. Um, there's a new bottom. There is a new bottom, and it's the Panthers. So let's, <laughs> let's go through a couple things here. The Panthers traded the pick that's going to be Caleb Williams or Drake May, DJ Moore, Jalen Carter, Tank Dell, and the 2025 second-round pick 
for the right to select Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. Um, in the short tenure of David Tepper, I want to read you some of the decisions that he's made. He's hired Matt Rule for seven years, $62 million. He traded Christian McCaffrey, who is one of the best offensive weapons in the NFL. He got rid of their new practice facility. He didn't trade Brian Burns to the Rams for multiple first-round picks. He fired Steve Wilkes. He hired and fired Frank Reich and a huge coaching staff. And he traded the top of the 2023 draft. So I want to ask you guys, is David Tepper the worst owner in the NFL? Is he bad bad enough that the Panthers cannot win with him? Mm. Dominique? Hard to argue that anybody it's hard to argue that anybody's worse. They cannot win with him. I don't know if I would go that far. Um, maybe he will learn and change is the hope that he will learn from this pain. I think often you have this situation where people who've had success elsewhere, and it's not just in sports, when you I, I'm guilty of this in many walks of life where it's like, I, I'm good at this, I'm good, I'm smart, I'll come over there and figure that out. If I if my previous stay, I had made billions of dollars. I would be like, oh, yeah, I look over at this football. Come on, damn dummies. I can figure it out. Let me let me at him. And like I could understand. But the question is, will he learn from that? And he hasn't seemed to learn from any of his mistakes. And the biggest thing that I think that he can do, the easiest step he could take, hire mm. you a PR consultant. Hmm. That he is awful at talking to people who have microphones and cameras today to me is he did faux accountability. And as Charlie will tell you, what's the motto of this show? Accountability plays in the locker room. And in, and in life. Damn right. We want legitimate accountability. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. The locker room and in life. And like, there's a difference between legitimate accountability and faux accountability. And I feel like Jason Goff right now on his show, because I'm going off on a one-man rant, ISO. So there is a difference between that. And he got up here. um, I don't know if we can play the sound or if people have heard it, but essentially the rumors around – some of the rumors around this organization was that he forced the um, Frank Reich to draft Bryce Young. Because of a dinner. That was the Because of a dinner. Yeah, because of a dinner. Right. (laughs) And so he went up there. And got into the press conference and tried to dispel those rumors while also ending with faux accountability and saying, like, essentially throwing other people under the bus. So he needs somebody with him. And what you need to do, I, Charlie, you know this about me. This frustrates me when people don't know how to behave. When leaders, part of your job when you're a leader is a big part of your job. It's one of the few things that you can you cannot like delegate is being the face of an organization and answering questions. So that's the, you can't tackle, you can't throw, you can't coach. You obviously can't draft. The one thing you can do is make this place look like a serious outfit. Okay. And look like someone who is in charge. We can trust them. And so I say that to say, it's very simple. When I just thought of this this morning, after I heard those quotes, I would like to be David Tepper's PR consultant. He can pay me $10 because I'm going to give him all the advice that he needs right now. Before you go in front of anyone with a microphone or a pad, ask yourself a couple of questions. First, who are you talking to? The second question is who else is going to hear it? 
The third question. What am I trying to accomplish by saying this? Okay? <laughs> and then the next question. Will this be effective or will it cause more problems? The final question. Does any of this matter? Maybe that should be the first question. We'll, we'll switch it up. Start with does any of this matter? Because what he hopped up there to do was to try to dispel this rumor. Does it matter? No. Don't say it. Who are you talking to? He's talking to the social media uh, or the uh, sports media people on social media. Do they matter? No, not in this case. And the final one is, is this going to be effective? No, 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 no. You're never going to be able to talk your way out of this. Let this die. Let this die down. And then do an off-the-record interview where you are legitimately accountable and you are also contrite. I got into this league thinking I could be smarter than everyone else. I was wrong. I am going to do things differently. I am going to hire this person to help me understand that I was doing things wrong. And we are going to become a first-class organization because I recognize that I need some help. That's the message that you give them. They sit on that message until you have some success. That's the only way out of this hole. You can't, like, coerce people into believing. It just, it, it, it's just so arrogant to think that if I get behind this microphone and tell them what happened, they're going to. So what does he think is going to happen that tomorrow morning people going to wake up and be like, damn, Frank Reich was wrong all along. You, you smart David Tepper. <laughs> no, Doc, listen. Sorry. Listen, no, it, it, it just it bothers should. me. It, it just should. bothers me. And, it's so arrogant. I need, by the way, that, that five or six step uh, full, full, was it full sure. uh, accountability versus legitimate accountability. I, I need that. Yeah. I need that. I need that for the, yes. whatever next conversation I need to be in. Um, one, Jim Ursay is <laughs> thanking his lucky stars right now that David Tepper is a part of that brotherhood <laughs> that is known as the NFL owners. And also, Carolina fans are coming off of Jerry Richardson. Like, like yep. there is no bigger layup in terms of goodwill, in terms of, hey, I had to tear this all down and we had to suck. You, If you tell... Dominique's noted en- enemy, Jerry Richardson. Well, he's an enemy of a lot of things, probably. Yeah. He, yeah. I, I can't I, wait I can for him. I, I shared one with you at the top of this thing. I can't wait to hear these. No, seriously, though, man. Yes. Like, you can't... Yes. You can't there are certain things that that you just can't possibly mess up unless you are inept at people skills. And when it comes down to a Miami-based hedge fund manager, uh, the meetings and things that you have been coordinating and been around probably aren't like the things that you have to engage in when it comes to the media who owes you no fealty. You know, th- like I, I, I've seen it for 20 years where – Guys and girls alike go up in front of them podiums and think that they're going to outsmart the people that are talking. And when you have a a well-assembled press corps and not just people throwing microphones and recorders in people's faces, they pick up on it and they go, okay, after that question, I'm going to ask you this. Because all this thing is, and shout out to my man Casey Johnson, uh, who's been covering the Bulls for 30 years in this city. All this thing is, uh, the first time I showed up at the Birdo Center, he told me straight up, hey, man. 85% 85% of this thing is just being around and watching and seeing how people move when the questions aren't yeah. being asked and seeing how people operate, seeing how people treat people, seeing how hard people work. And then the next 15% is about the games or breaking news, whatever the case may be. 
your work is right there for you. All the coaching hires, all the bumbled mistakes in, in, in terms of transactions. And now, now you throw a Molotov at the number one pick in the draft who is sitting there waiting mm-hmm. to see, see some kind of breath of fresh air and his owner can't even throw him the life raft. Like, I, I don't know. Well, that's the thing that's so fascinating about this. And because so we, we got the, the little leak today that Greg Olson could be interested in the Panthers job. Um, but I really want to know how appealing that job is because Tepper's gone through two coaches in two years. Um, he traded up and emptied their draft cabinet a little bit to draft Bryce Young, who, whether it's the situation of the quarterback right now, does not look like there's the answer. And he gave the little little nugget there that he might be okay pulling at Arizona and drafting another quarterback in the first round in coming years. So he's not sold on this guy. How appealing is the job? How appealing is it to go work for there are only 32 right. of these jobs, but uh, yeah. to go work for the Panthers. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's an incredibly appealing job. If you're trying to cash out, that's it. Anybody with options is not taking that anybody who, and so you could make the Sean McVay move. Like that's the best thing to do is if you think, that's your best chance of getting like someone that could be great is you have to hire them two years before they're supposed mm-hmm. to be hired or four years before they're supposed to be hired, which obviously the league is not afraid to do. Shout out to my homeboy, Jeff Saturday, because he got hired 20 years before he was supposed to be hired. And that's fine. Shout out to uh, to Greg Olson for also cash it in that white chip i'm not gonna be mad at you cash it in and get that money i'm not gonna begrudge you am i gonna take some shots at david tepper if he do that foolishness by all means but i'm a high five greg olsen for getting that money while he can the thing about that situation is why would you if you could do anything else why would you if you if you think that your future is being uh, and maybe it's a hard decision for some people to make but if you think that you could be a great nfl head coach that ain't the job you want. Why you want that stain on your resume? Just bide your time. The people who would take it are guys who think that they wouldn't have an opportunity. And as we've seen in the history of this league, that's a black job. That's who they're going to get that job to. Congratulations to somebody who is a black coach right now. You got Brian Flores. You're up again. They about to bring you down there to try to tank behind your back because these are the jobs that the black coaches get. Mm. That's what happened with yeah. Lovey Smith. Yeah. And he ended up winning with them. It's it's a thing that happens routinely. It's not what, I mean, the history. Well, can I, can I, can I name one brother? Sorry, not last thing I say. I'll say a lot more. What sure. if David Tepper swings for the fences and, and goes out to Boulder, Colorado and says, you know what, Sk- skip all this nonsense. Come on to the NFL where you belong and bring Shiloh and Shador and all the boys and we can party in Charlotte till the, till the sun would, come up. Come on now. I would l- I would love it as entertainment, but it's no way that is anything but a, a nuclear reaction in that poor city. Um, Belichick, Harbaugh. I, I, one thing, other thing. That, yeah, I, oh, I don't know gosh. if Bill Belichick wants it. Like, this is the vacation tour after after New England. I don't know if he wants Harbaugh, to Harbaugh and Tepper, Harbaugh and Tepper going at each other sounds in, incredibly fun. Grappling so for those brass testicles. Don't ever... I, I forgot about that. Uh, all right, I got a lot to say. I had the Jerry Richardson stuff that I got to get to. All right, David Tepper, as I mentioned, you need somebody with you. You can't you can't have media around where you're walking out of the locker room um, letting off F-bombs. That's another. Like, just obviously, don't do that. Have some self-control. It's stupid. 
the thing about Jerry Richardson, I wanted to say, I, I'm I'm pretty tight-lipped about a bunch of the things that I've seen because like right. some things are off the record. But Gene Upshaw is no longer with us. Neither is Jerry Richardson. So I can tell you this story. Jerry Richardson, before I was president of the union, um, I was on executive committee, would hang out with Gene and all those guys a, a bunch and get to know. Gene was the executive director of the union, former Hall of Fame uh, defensive lineman for the Raiders. Um, he told me one time that he went down to Carolina to meet with Jerry Richardson. After he was done uh, the meeting with Jerry Richardson, Jerry decided that he would take uh, Gene back to the airport. And Jerry, who I believe at the time owned a bunch of Bojangles franchises, stopped Gene Upshaw, according to Gene Upshaw, at the Bojangles and said something to the effect of, I know you like this. You can have as much as you want, whatever you like. That's the end of that story. <laughs> hey, the, what, the, what black man's going to turn down chicken, huh? that's, <laughs> Free, Free fried chicken? And Gene, Gene obviously didn't not. take any chicken and, and snapped on Jerry and snapped on Jerry Richardson, but that was that story. <laughs> Other thing I wanted to say about David Tepper is when David Tepper get in front of the microphone, I'm familiar with this. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm familiar with this experience because I've been there before. He don't know that oh. he's not cute. He don't know that he's not cute. He was talking I've like been a cute there man. before. <laughs> I was. I. He don't know that he's not cute. So this is what happened. I'm in college. I think I'm cute. Girls want to talk to me. It's because I'm I'm wearing my team issue sweatshirt with the number six on the side, and I balled out on Saturday. Dominique, you not cute. <laughs> you balled. And David Tepper don't realize that in his previous uh, line of work that he had had enough success that he was cute. Gotcha. And he could walk into a meeting or a room full of people and he could talk them into believing or at least they would pretend like they believed the that he said. You get up there now. You ain't cute. You better put on your team issue sweatshirt with the number this six is, on the, the thing side. Is, What's up, this Charlie? is like he might have been like patient before in how he made his money. But this is like sort of who he was the entire time. There's the story of him not getting promoted at Goldman Sachs because of his personality. So he bought that guy's house in the Hamptons who didn't promote him, demolished it and built a new one. Just so he could say that he could. He's kind of always been exactly this. Oh, I don't disagree with it. But I think that you can tell that he's not being yeah. that guy in um, in the press conference. I can oh, see really? that person. I've been in, being, I think been he's in, being the exact guy. No, not in the press conference today. He's out there explaining himself. The guy who buys your house and demolishes it. Or he calls the press conference and never won. shows up. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm -hmm. what that dude does. Yeah, yeah. This... The David Tepper that you're telling me about is the David Tepper we'll see if they ever win the Super Bowl, where he gonna act a damn fool. The David Tepper I'm talking about is the one that needs is in a room full of investors that believe in him and needs to convince them that the reason why the the uh, the, the investment is going down, don't worry about it, it's gonna come back up. He can because of the success that he had, he can sweet talk those guys. They gonna believe it or at least pretend to believe it. And what he don't understand is. He thought that was because he was sweet talking, not because he had some level of credibility and some level of fealty from those people in those rooms. He walk into these rooms. We are looking for you to fail. Like, it's just the way that it works, especially coming off of these hires. We're looking for reasons to make fun of you. Yeah. You're not going to talk us out of it. There's nothing you can say. You need to step up and say, I sucked. It's on me. 
we gonna get better. And you got That's no customer history, right? right? Now. Like you've got nothing with your customer, no relationship yeah. where it's like, all right, you know, you know the, the, the steak last week wasn't very good, but I, I've gone here several different times, and this was just a bad day for them. Yeah. He's had several bad days in a row. You're looking at a number one pick who people might think now might trend towards bust. And you're also looking at this year's number one pick who's going to end up in Chicago, who was also a more abundant franchise mm-hmm. who fleeced you in a oh. trade. So in the, in the end, <laughs> you can't win right here, baby. No one you, that's the most important thing. Knowing when you can't win. The, the winnable situations are so, predictable by everybody, but knowing when you can't win is the one where you should uh, just go ahead and kneel. I want to pivot to our final topic about the NFL MVP in a second, but they might have drafted Bryce Young over the guy who has a chance to win the MVP this year. And just for, I think it could get legitimately worse for Tepper if Stroud does close the season and go crazy and win the MVP. Because I was looking across sports, Jim Brown's the only rookie to ever win the MVP in the NFL. In the NBA, it's Wilt Chamberlain and Wes Unseld. In baseball, it's Fred Lynn and Ichiro. It's basically if you win the MVP as a rookie in one of these sports, you're going to the Hall of Fame. You're going to be an all-time great. And if that happens to Tepper, we might get an all-time tear down your house press conference. Yeah. How quickly can you sell a team after you buy it? You know, like at what point does does he go? You know what? Maybe I uh, maybe this is a bad investment. I don't really like this sport, and the people here don't kiss my the way I'd like it to be kissed. So I'm out. Yeah, the Bryce Young. Or excuse me, the C.J. Stroud MVP conversation would have been a whole bunch realer if he could have pulled off this game, but uh, pulled off that last win against the um, Jags. But he has a realistic chance, and the real reason why he has a realistic chance, I hate to hate on him, but it's so rare that a non-quarterback can win. But the reason why he has a chance is because all the quarterbacks of all the good teams, ain't nobody taking it. Dak Prescott is the closest you could argue to taking control of it right now, but if they come up short in some of these big games, I think it's his to lose probably. And in my view, I don't think that um, the bar moves for different players and the bar for Mahomes is higher now because he's Mahomes and the bar for Hertz is higher because of how good that team was last year. So we're looking well, at him now like you're not. No, that that- we all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. That's the interesting thing, because I think right now, the, the conversation I want to get into with you guys is I kind of think that the the concept of the NFL MVP in a year like this, where there's right. not a Mahomes season, it's kind of broken because Jalen Hurts is now the current front, run, front runner over Prescott, um, even though he has 10 rushing touchdowns, eight of them are on one yard rushes on tush pushes. And it's it's no longer 
the most outstanding player in the NFL mm. award. It's sort of just the quarterback with the best narrative at the end of the season if they peak at the right time award. And I kind of think that sucks. And I think that, that we should rethink that. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Is there, do you still value the award the same way? You know, the NFL MVP has always been something for me where it's like I, I value it after I learn it. Like during the season, I try to figure out who the season is about. And I think Cam Newton's MVP was the last time I was like, man, this dude is, is the gleam of the season. Like everything was about him. Everything surrounded him. You were trying to figure out how you could watch Cam play. And Rodney Harrison had that Sunday night football rant that was famous where he was shooting down Cam Newton. Like that's the last time for me. Now, like you mentioned, is, you know, who's the offensive player of the year? Who's the defensive player of the year? The MVP now is just a quarterback uh, award. And, and in this year, like you mentioned, I mean, you know, is, is Fred Warner more valuable than Brock Purdy? I'd, I'd say yes, right? But the San Francisco 49 is sitting there with that point differential and giving up the fewest points in the game. You, you don't think of Fred Warner. You don't think of, of Nick Bosa. And is Kansas City's wide receivers going to add to Patrick Mahomes' MVP candidacy? Of course it is, right? You just need him to, to get that 12, 13 win marks. So you'd be like, hey, look, he's still premium with lesser guys out there. So – I, 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 if it's not a quarterback award this year, then let's let's get crazy and give it to you know Christian McCaffrey or yeah. give it to you know Miles Garrett or something like that. Like give it give it to somebody. Give it to yeah, yeah, that's give it somebody who, it defense, who yeah. uh, if you look at their team and you took that person off that team, how far would they drop? Obviously, Dak Prescott. You know the quarterback to backup quarterback conversation yeah. is always going to be the most sizable drop. So that's where it plays in. But this year, it's not that thrilling. Yeah, it's not that thrilling, but I do think that it exposed if we talk about like how analytics has kind of made basketball a little different. And I think this year basketball is they're probably more unique styles of play in basketball than it has been in a while. But like it's threes and layups and free throws. Right. And it's made it kind of boring. Yeah. You say the same thing about baseball. It's home runs and strikeouts. Analytics has made it boring. It hasn't really ruined football except here. I kind of think that this is where the combination of stats and narratives and records. Uh, you have to win a, you have to yeah. break a record if you want right. to win the MVP as a non-quarterback in these stupid like but, these stupid arbitrary records. Right. And I mean, I know I know you want to talk about uh, JJ right. Watt's season at some point. The, yeah, I know that's all you want to get to because he did something amazing, but I'll set you I'll tee you up to talk about that because maybe it's not about that award Mm. they need another one that's like most outstanding player or something that is more um arbitrary i guess well not arbitrary but more subjective because the problem with the most valuable player is by definition if we're talking about value it's always going to be the quarterback but i don't think that that's the award that matters i think the award that matters should be like the the protagonist of the season, like the guy whose story is the one that we want to remember, because that's the, that's the value of an MVP award is that I can look back and see, Oh my gosh, uh, Adrian Peterson got 2000 yards that matters. And I like to have those markers. Whereas now I don't, there's nothing about this season that I want to remember about any of these quarterbacks. However, Tyreek Hill going mm-hmm. for 2000. Yeah. Tyreek Hill, period. I don't think he needs the 2000, like him and McCann. Right. So, Jay, so we've talked about this a lot. I think McCaffrey and Tyreek have been the two most outstanding mm-hmm. players I've seen this season. Uh, and the McCaffrey one, Miles yeah, Garrett. Miles Garrett too, but guys who score touchdowns. I mean, those are the guys. <laughs> the important who, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, guys who score fantasy points for us. Um, 
but those are the guys that would have won the award back in the day. You know, McCaffrey, right. since that trade, he's basically turned San Francisco into the best offense in the NFL. And if we're not going to put Purdy high in the MVP race, it has to be McCaffrey, in my opinion. He's just been that awesome. But I want to give you a list of the last non-quarterback winners of the okay. award. Adrian Peterson in 2012, LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006, Sean Alexander 2005, Marshall Falk 2000, Terrell Davis 1998, Barry Sanders and Brett Favre split it in 1997, Emmett Smith in 93, Thurman Thomas in 91. There used to be a lot of running backs that can win the award. And to your point, Dominique, the analytics, the running backs don't matter nerds, have made it that if we're just going to view it as a flat value proposition, the MVP is sort of dead and defunct and useless because that's how you get the seasons where someone like Matt Ryan, who's just operating a Kyle Shanahan system wins the MVP because we've decided that's more valuable than this freakish running back or receiver or whoever who's dominating the game. And that's, that's lame. Who's to say that, that Christian McCaffrey's not going to win. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Like, especially in a year like this, it, this is a layup does. year for a Tyree kill or a Christian McCaffrey, because you don't have the cover boards. Like Aaron Rodgers is out. Right, like you, you're not watching Patrick Mahomes throw for 5,500 yards. Josh Allen is doing everything in his, you know, in his in his in his repertoire, and they're six and six right now. Like if you look at Josh Allen's last few weeks, and you're like, wait a minute, man, this dude is doing everything for them. They don't even have a running back that gets more than six or seven, eight carries touches. That is so. Like, what are we really talking about here? This is the year, if any. Like I said. There's a reason why the Browns are the Browns. And it ain't because that offense is because that defense and what Miles Garrett allows for everybody else. The other 10 players on that field get busy because of what he commands. So most valuable, like the thing that's most valuable to you. Well, if you take that thing out of here, the Browns run around with PJ Walker. Right. And they seven and four, if I'm not mistaken. So (laughs) who's more valuable than him right now? When Aaron Donald was kicking everybody's couple of years ago who was more valuable than him you know, did Matt Stafford all, all of a sudden become super dope did Odell Beckham Jr. while hurt become the greatest wide receiver in the world did Sean McVay become better at calling plays no he had a game record who closed games out like Mariano Rivera so you know give it give it to the people who like I said the theme of the season I think that should be for every MVP yeah right Season protagonist. All right, we'll close this out while giving Charlie the opportunity that I know he wants is to tell us how J.J. Watt was robbed of the MVP. Uh, Give me them numbers, man. Give me them numbers. It is crazy. So, Jason, I don't know how aware of you are of this of the the 2014 season. He didn't. He finished second in MVP voting behind Aaron Rodgers, who had a very good Aaron Rodgers season, the 38 touchdown, six interception, Aaron Rodgers classic. But that was a season that J.J. Watt had 20 and a half sacks. Um, a pick six, recovered five fumbles, took one of those to the house, and caught three touchdowns as the tight end while also having 10 passes defense because that was his J.J. Swat era oh when he was knocking God. down passes, was near the top of the league <laughs> at that point. And we did not give him the NFL MVP because that was the beginning of the hyper-efficient quarterback era. I'm, I'm with you. Like, that season needs to be remembered. No disrespect, Aaron Rodgers, but... Uh... 
that season was not nearly as outstanding as J.J. Watt's season I think season it, was. It's, it's right in line with the way the world is supposed to operate because you give J.J. Watt that MVP and then lovable square face, you know, muscle heads like him will be running around thinking they're a lot more cool than they are. That's part of J.J. Watt's, like, allure is that he's, a you know, he's like a homespun kind of <laughs> lovable, like, hey, there's my next-door neighbor, and he's yep. also kicking the hell out of your left tackle for, for three hours. Like, nah, we can't up those next thing you know – JJ coming out here with a do rag, you feel me? Like, like, I, right? This hey, is the next, right? JJ Watt of JJ so Watt. that Max Crosby could run. You feel me? I think that's what it is. <laughs> I can't imagine any player in the league that'd be more upset that you say he was like right. JJ Watt than Max Two X Crosby. Right. <laughs> he would be so offended. <laughs> so, can, offended. can I tell you something that's going to really upset you guys? Miles Garrett has the oh. same MVP odds as blank. I need a guess from each of you. Is it an offensive lineman? It's, <sighs> no, a it's a quarterback? quarterback? No way. No oh. way. No way. Oh, it's Purdy. Yeah, of course he is. No, Purdy's hired. Um, him. Tua? Uh, Josh Dobbs. All right, I'm out. I'm out. Yep. Yep. That'll do yep. it. It's a wrap. Uh, it's a wrap. Not, the pa- not the pastronaut. That's horrible. Huh? You you people are terrible. And when we say you well, people, th- we're I talking would say about thank Charlie, you right? to you, Charlie. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we get torn the line, all pot. <laughs> nah, every everyone, everyone who contributed to this quarterback centric world where the pastronaut can be slightly above average for a couple of weeks for a couple of different teams, and somehow, and somehow. Be on the as same this generation's lane. Bruce Smith. As that's that's, that's what we're talking about. My God, that's uh, impossible human being, Miles. Anyway, Charlie, with the exception of the way you close the show, thank you today. Uh, uh, Jason Goff, I uh, appreciate you, brother. Everybody, check out the Full Go podcast where Jason Goff will uh, give you great content and lots of laughs. Also, thank you to the rest of the producers Brian, Kevin, Serafina, Megan, and Tez. This is the Dominique Foxworth Show.